0: This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 65, recorded on March 20th, 2017. I'm your host, Matt Lyons. And in this week's episode, we'll be talking about Yandi Diaz and the absolutely lit Yandy Watch 2017. We'll be taking your questions, of course. But first, uh, we have a mix of good and bad, uh, just all kinds of injury discussions to talk about here. Um, and joining me today for that is normal guest, Let's Go Tribe writer Matt Schlichting. Hello. And special guest this week... Uh, Doctor of Physical Therapy, Brandon Bauer. How's it going, guys? Good. Thanks for joining us, Brandon. No problem. Thanks for having me, Matt. So as you were saying before the show, it's a mix of good and bad that you're here. We love having you on. I think the last time you were on, it was an equally horrible situation with Michael Brantley, but there's a lot of injuries going on around the Indians right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really just seems like every time we turn our heads, a new injury is cropping up with somebody else. Obviously, the recent development with Jason Kipnis and a little bit of the elbow scare that we had Carlos Carrasco. So it seems like the Indians can't seem to go too long before a new injury crops up with somebody else. So hopefully this calms down before too long.
0: So let's start with the good before we get into Carrasco, Kipnis, Anderson, all that stuff. Uh, Michael Brantley, he looked great so far. Um, He said repeatedly it feels different than last year. Um, he's not giving a strict timeline anymore. He was kind of doing that last year. I think Francona sort of hinted that they want him for opening day, but there's no like set timeline that kind of backfired. They did last year. So, uh, with him looking to make his way back, do you think, uh, this was his timeline all along? Do you think maybe he's advanced or has there maybe been slower than they thought? Just based on your outside observation, what do you think?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I really think the big key with this year compared to last year has been that the Indians didn't really put a definite time frame on kind of his his return to play. And I think that does kind of a couple of things. Number one, it doesn't put Michael Brantley in the, the pressure ch- situation that he has to be back by a certain date. So I, I think the fact that he was able just to kind of go through the rehab process and kind of go through at his own pace and not have to worry about meeting certain deadlines kind of made the rehab process a little bit easier. As far as this being kind of the timeline that they had in mind all along, um, I definitely think that they wanted to take a more conservative approach this time and just make sure that while they were re- rehabbing Brantley that when they got him back they were going to have him back uh, full-time and not have him spend another sp- stint on the DL like he did last year so um, definitely a more conservative route this time around and I think it's uh, proven to be beneficial thus far
0: Is there any kind of lingering effects we should expect from the biceps tendinitis that he had or if he comes back and he actually is healthy should we maybe hope for the best with Michael Brantley at this point?
1: Yeah, so obviously the biceps tenodesis procedure that he had for that biceps tenonitis is is definitely a tough rehab for a baseball player. The good news with Brantley is is that it was to his non-throwing shoulder, uh, so that that's worth noting. I think for me personally, once he's back out there playing every day. Um, i'll I'll definitely hold my breath the first time few times he goes to make a diving catch in the outfield, just kind of in fear of uh, whether or not everything will hold up um, yeah. i don't I don't anticipate any any further issue uh just because he's progressed so well, but it's certainly not out out of the realm of possibility that something else could could, could come up. yeah I think at this point we've all deserved the
0: right to be a little scared every time an Indians player dives anywhere on the field right, <laughs> and sort of speaking of that uh, with kitness' injury. Initially, they said it was, he'd be out a little bit. He got a cortisone shot in his shoulder. Four to five days. He'll be, I think Tito's exact words were raring to go when he gets back. After he came back, he played a couple games It turned out to be worse. They said a couple weeks, two to three weeks, and then it turned into 45 weeks before he's back to playing. So on the outside, it looks a lot like Michael Brantley's situation, but do you think it's fair to compare the two?
1: Um, I, I've gotten this question a lot over the past week or so uh, from concerned Tribe fans, and I, and I do not think it's fair to compare the two because you look at the two different situations and Brantley kind of had a, a specific, what we can call a traumatic event when he tried to make that diving catch at the end of 2015 where his problems all kind of stemmed of, where he had the structural damage to that labrum, he had that repaired, and then he had the whole bicep issue. Whereas Kipnis, there's no definitive event that we know about that the team or Kipnis has disclosed close to us that is the cause of his injury. So Kipnis' injury is more of kind of a progression gradually over time. Um, and it could have it could have been to due to something he's doing during the offseason, maybe an increase in workload or a change in his workout regimen. Uh, we we really don't know. But I, I think it's unfair to compare the two because they're two different kind of onsets with Brantley's being more of a traumatic event and Kipness's kind of being a gradual progression over time.
2: And you touched on this a little bit One question I saw out there was, it it sort of seems like Kipnis runs into injuries like this a little more often than some other players. Uh, So it could be something either in his conditioning or changing his workload and like increasing it quite a bit that might lead to something like this.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime you're going from one type of workout or a low level workload and increasing to like a, a new workout or a heavier workload there's there's definitely a risk for injury so I mean really uh, if you take somebody in the general public who is, is not working out at all and is not very active and they go to working out five to six days a week they're putting themselves at a very high risk for injury just because they're going from not doing anything to doing a whole lot really quick Uh, So the same thing applies here to a Major League Baseball player. Now, granted, they're a lot more active and a lot more in shape and active than uh, just your general Joe Schmo. Um, But anytime you're kind of making that transition to increasing that workload or changing kind of the regimen, there's definitely the risk for uh, injury if you're not doing so kind of in a gradual fashion.
0: Would you say it's better or worse to have it uh, where Kipnis is a gradual thing that might have happened compared to Brantley's just... One quick injury, we know what it is. Is it almost worse that we don't know what caused kidneys?
1: Um, I mean, it's, it's really tough to say. Um, You you do have to worry about Kipnis' kind of gradual progression and hoping that this doesn't get worse. Um, I I think kind of the takeaway here, even though we don't know the specific cause of Kipnis' injury, is that everything in that shoulder uh, from the MRI he he had initially was structurally intact. So at this point and at this juncture, he doesn't need surgery. So anytime you can avoid going under the knife, I I take that as a positive. But the not knowing what specifically caused the injury definitely can be a little concerning.
2: Can we rule out some sort of flesh-eating virus that will slowly take his arm
1: off. You know, um, as, as much as we like to, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility um, for any of those Walking Dead fans out there. I mean, uh, who knows? Uh, this could be
0: how it started. We never know.
1: Yeah. So we'll see.
0: So for I don't know if it's just uh, just me, but it seems like cortisone shot, maybe it's just because Brantley's injuries popped up, but it seems like we've heard a lot more about them in just these last couple of years. Can you explain real quick exactly what it is or what it would do for Kipnis or Brantley?
1: Yeah so essentially what the cortisone shot is is it's an injection that's injected right into the joint that's problematic in this case for Brantley and Kittness it's the shoulder and what it is is it's an anti-inflammatory joint so or anti-inflammatory injection rather so what it what it aims to do is it's a shot of that corticosteroid that goes into the joint and it's put in there to help kind of reduce inflammation, reduce the swelling, and reduce pain. Um, And a lot of the times they work, and some of the times they don't work. So it just kind of depends on the situation, depends on the individual, and depends on on the joint being uh, being injected. So it's tough to say why they exactly haven't worked so well for Kipnis and Brantley, because they work well for some people, and for other people, they don't quite work as well.
0: So, of course, you don't actually know because, I mean, we're on the outside looking in. But is there any, like, possible way maybe the Indians are using them too much? Because that's a lot of – a comment I see from a lot of people, obviously people who don't know either. But they're saying, why are they doing this so much when it obviously doesn't work? Is this just two bad scenarios that makes everything else look worse?
1: So, the thing you got to keep in mind here is kind of when you're kind of progressing through the stages of rehab or kind of the the medical process is teams and docs will want to take the most conservative means – possible initially before kind of progressing along the line. So the, the rest and the cortisone injection is kind of the, the first step in the rehab process. And if that's not working, then you'd progress to maybe a longer time off like we're seeing here with Kipnis and then following that, then you get down to the kind of the surgical options. So it's, it's really kind of with the rest in the rehab, the cortisone injections is kind of the first line of defense and kind of, defense and kind of the default. Uh, so that's why we're seeing that uh, used initially. Um, but in terms of using them frequently, there, there is kind of a threshold that if you use too many of them, there can be kind of lingering effects down the line that that can be harmful. Um, neither, neither Kipnis or Brantley are at this point just because they've only each had one or two. Um, but it, it's definitely the first line of defense when it comes to, comes to reducing the pain.
0: Would there be any merit to just jumping over that step? I mean, I know it, it makes sense to go the conservative route, but if it doesn't work, would it, would it make sense just to say, forget that we're going to go to the next step after the cortisone and rest shot?
1: Yeah. So if you know the cortisone injection hasn't worked for an individual, then I think it's worth maybe jumping that step if they're considering uh, doing a second shot. But in somebody who hasn't had a cortisone injection, um, I certainly think it's still worth trying just because you don't know how that individual is going to respond. So in the case of Kipnis and Brantley, who've had them before and they haven't been that successful, then I think it's it's worthwhile to, to skip it. But somebody else who hasn't had one before, then it's, I think it's still worth trying. Mm-hmm. So the Indians initially said that
0: Kipnis' injury, again, when it first happened, when they're just going to do the shot and let him sit for a few days, they said it would be one they probably would ignore in the regular season. What could have changed between that and now when he's out for almost the first full month of the season?
1: So what I think probably happened here is um, when they mentioned that he had been able to play through it during the regular season and wouldn't have missed time, Um, what I think they meant by that is just the fact that the the injury was tolerable enough for him. And I mean, if we were down the stretch back in October, he would have been able to kind of grit through it and, and manage without doing much further damage. But after this initial shutdown period, before they announced that he was going to be out four to five weeks... My guess is he probably just wasn't bouncing back uh, the way that they would have liked him to. And I think I saw somewhere that it wasn't necessarily the the baseball activities he was having problems with. It was kind of the after effect after he was done playing and he was having some lingering soreness. Um, So I, I think it was his ability to bounce back that he was having trouble with. I don't think the injury itself got any more severe per se, or he took a turn for the worse, so to speak. Um, I think it was just his ability to bounce back. And you think about it, it's a 162-game season, and we, we need him for the long haul. So I think they're just trying to get things right here early on before we get too deep in the season to make sure we can have one of the Indians' uh, big-time leaders going forward.
2: So you mentioned the potential for him possibly playing through it in the stretch run. Is this... If he had, and fortunately we're not going to find out, which is a good thing, but if he had tried to play through it, is this one of those injuries where you're possibly compensating with the other side and and can injure that side, or you're going to aggravate it even more? Uh, Essentially, would it have been possible had he played through it for him to greatly injure it more?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I I tell my patients this all the time. Anytime. Uh, you have one part of your body that's injured or not feeling well or not functioning the way that it should. Some other part in your body has to make up for that dysfunction. So to answer your question, Matt, in Kipnis's case, by playing through it, he, he could risk further injury to that rotator cuff specifically, or he could even risk uh, injury to other parts of his body. So um, Because when his shoulder isn't functioning the way that it should, and he's having that shoulder pain in that rotator cuff because of that strain, other areas of his body would ne- would have needed to kick in to kind of make up for the Deficits he's having at the shoulder. So um, yes, it's possible that other parts of the body could have been injured, or the rotator cuff could have been injured further.
0: Would that be enough of a reason that if this happened at that point, they might shut him down anyway? Like even if this was in August or September.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if you think about it, if it was an August or September injury, obviously the Indians were gearing up for their playoff run. So I think they would have kind of the long-term health of Kipnis and the long-term. Um, idea in mind for, for the team. And so if it was August or September, it wouldn't have surprised me if there was a brief shutdown period just to gear them up for October. But I would say if this was during October and the Indians were in the, in the middle of that playoff run, I wouldn't have expected um, Kibnis to miss much time. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough to tough to know retrospectively. So uh,
0: that's, that's one of many injuries that happened in the last week. Another is maybe a little, well, it's a lot more severe, uh, but two a player with maybe a less than impact to the Indians this season. And Cody Anderson, uh, he was shut down a couple weeks ago with just some elbow issues, and it turned out he needs Tommy John surgery. Uh, the Indians did say that um, he could have potentially put it off and like spent a year or two trying to work through it, but he made the, I think they actually said mature decision just to go through with it now and be out a year. Um, is, this, is this a typical case for Tommy John surgery? or anything stick out to you from what you could see in reports about Cody's timeline from injury to Tommy John?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, th- I think this kind of falls back to what I mentioned a little bit ago about how it's kind of taking the conservative route first. And then if we're not able to make progress with the conservative route, t- kind of taking the surgi- sur- surgical route. So I think uh, with the period of rest where they had shut him down before he got that second opinion was that conservative case. And then kind of the opting for the Tommy John obviously was the next step. Again, being a mature decision for Cody Anderson, I think they're just trying to kind of nip this in the butt right now and get that knocked out. So he doesn't have any further Further complications going forward here after the surgery.
2: One thing I had heard was that he might be a candidate for, and I may mispronounce it, platelet injection instead of going straight to the Tommy John. I cannot remember the name of the picture, but someone had a sprain to the UCL recently and opted to go that route rather than getting the surgery. Uh, Is that something that you're familiar with? And if so, can you go a little bit deeper into that?
1: Sure. So the, the platelet rich plasma injection or PRP injection, essentially, what that does is the individual who's having the injection gets blood drawn and that's put in a device called the centrifuge. And in that device, it kind of spins around and it increases the number of platelets that are in, in kind of the substance. And then that substance is reinjected back into the injured site. And so what those platelets serve to do is they kind of help accelerate the healing process and help get players back to doing what they want to do uh, more quickly. Um, So it it would have been worth trying, but if the ulnar collateral ligament that UCL was too far gone, then it probably wouldn't have done a whole lot, Mm -hmm. and opting for the Tommy John probably was the best option. So we've probably heard it
0: at least a couple times before uh, with other pitchers, but what would you say is a general timeline for returning from Tommy John? I know everybody's different, but just the general range of when we might be able to expect Anderson back.
1: Yeah, so like you said, everybody's going to be different with, with Tom and John. Uh, kind of the, the realistic return to play is about a year um, just because the the amount of stress and the amount of strain that goes on that elbow when, when throwing and the amount of torque that goes through that elbow is very, very intense. So to make sure that that elbow is going to be able to withstand that stress and that strain, it, it usually takes about a year.
2: And if anyone's not familiar with what it takes to come back from this injury and this surgery the arm by jeff passan is a great great read
0: yeah for sure i read that i think i still don't think i finished it i got most of it this off but that is a great book for tommy john there's um what indians pitcher was in it? i already i'm blanking on who it was some indians pitcher was, was it pitcher. was it bauer he it wasn't tommy no, john obviously I, but it was something didn't
2: they mention tomlin briefly i
0: don't remember it was somebody <laughs> There yeah.
2: are Indians in the book,
0: right? Yeah, that's that's one reason I remember it being cool. I think it was about the driveline baseball stuff with Trevor Bauer. But anyway, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It was. <laughs> so our last uh, injury discussion here, uh, Tyler Naquin. Whenever we hear an outfielder injured anymore, I think we all kind of flinch from Grady Sizemore. But I, this probably isn't <laughs> anything close to that. <laughs> he has bilateral knee soreness. So what can we expect from Naquin? Is this just another spring training injury? Hopefully.
1: Yeah, I, I don't expect too much to come from this. Um, bilateral knee soreness just refers to soreness in both of his knees. Um, I don't expect anything too crazy to be happening here. I expect him to kind of take some time to rest and kind of recoup, and I don't foresee any kind of lingering issues going forward.
0: And I guess we kind of forgot about Carlos Carrasco, didn't we? <laughs> A little
1: bit. I did. So what
0: can we expect out of him? I know he's been shut down. He, I guess he's supposed to start later this week, but have you heard anything new about him? Or just what do you think about his elbow issues going on right now? Anything to be worried yes. about?
1: Yeah, so I think he's slated to pitch on the 24th, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime you hear elbow issues with a pitcher, I think everybody immediately thinks to that Tommy John and immediately begins to cringe. <laughs> um, I, I think I saw today that um, he's progressing well, and he, he's feeling great and on track to pitch for his next scheduled start. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on it, um, but I, I, as far as I know, everything was structurally intact, and I don't foresee any further complications coming from Carlos Carrasco.
0: Yay! Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> I think that's the one we're all—I mean, after the hand thing, I thought he'd be back and be fine, but it's just so concerning seeing him always injured now. So I hope he's back and we get the Cy Young-looking Carlos Carrasco we got from much of last season.
1: Yeah, that would be fantastic.
0: <laughs> so, Brandon, uh, thanks for joining us again uh, for the second time. Hopefully, I mean this in the nicest way possible. I hope we don't have to have you on for another injury-filled episode. <laughs> right. No,
1: I, I, I completely understand. <laughs> Hopefully, I won't have to be back. But um, as always, if you guys ever need any injury analysis, uh, I'm, I'm always available.
0: <laughs> Maybe next year we can just talk about how it's been so long since the Indians had an injury. You can just talk about how amazing and miraculous it is, right? Yeah, that, that, that would be great,
1: too. Hopefully we don't have to chat again for a long time. <laughs> so where can everybody find you in the meantime? Um, so I actually work for Indians Baseball Insider, and I publish an article called Doctor's Take that I break down all things tribes injuries. Anytime an injury comes out, I tell you what the injury is, how it's rehabbed, and how that impacts the team. So you can find that on Indians Baseball Insider. And I post all those to my Twitter page, and I can be found on Twitter um, at, at blbowers12.
0: All right. Well, thank you again. Uh, Everybody else, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk, maybe mention the injuries a little bit more, and then we're going to talk about Yandy Diaz because everybody wants to talk about Yandy Diaz. Then we'll take your questions. But for now, we will be right back. Thank you again, Brandon Bowers, for joining us. Uh, It's never a fun talk to have, but I think you did a great job.
2: Yeah, it was definitely nice to have an expert when it comes to things like this, sort of go over what we can expect and what's really going on. Because anytime someone's hurt in sports, I don't know if any of the listeners have noticed, but fans suddenly (laughs) seem to be experts who have spent years with that exact kind of injury
0: going over it. They have several degrees. I mean,
2: they can't prove it or
0: print it out (laughs) or anything, but they totally do. And they're in the comments telling you why you're wrong, Mm -hmm. why they're either going to be out forever or be fine in a week. So. I really hate spring training, Matt. I want it to end. Make it end.
2: I'm ready, one, for people to stop getting hurt, and two, <laughs> please, real baseball.
0: Please. Have you watched? We don't have it on the rundown, but did you watch any more WBC lately?
2: I wanted to watch the USA-Dominican Republic game, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I couldn't get MLP TV to work, which is shocking. because Everyone knows that's a flawless game. never happens. <laughs> but... Definitely the semifinals and the finals. I will find a way.
0: Yeah, I, I, as much as I love it, I've kind of fallen out lately because I can't seem to get sit down and watch when it's actually on. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I guess they're all on at like 9 at night now, but I'm around and I just don't see them. So I'm going to blame MLB TV anyway. <laughs> it works. So anything else about the injuries? Um, I actually heard that Kipnis it's four to five weeks until he'll play again, but it's like two weeks before he's resuming baseball activities, which based on the Brantley PSD from last year, PTSD from last year. I know that doesn't mean a whole lot, but he's going to be back doing something in a couple weeks at least. And then maybe back by like the second week of April. So
2: as long as he's back and then he plays the rest of the year instead of playing 11 games and then just kidding.
0: Uh, I'm still hurt. Yeah, I agree. As long as he's back and healthy, that's all I want. So for our next set, it's really a shame. We don't have a real music intro for this because it's going to be huge, Matt. So I'm just going to do a little Gandhi watch 2017 yeah there's <laughs> actually a post this time the last time you did it it was sad and depressing because he's out with a groin injury but it is lit he is yes it is holy cow uh he has, he's hitting five straight games every game since he's been back i mean again spring training but i don't care i'm allowed to get excited for it uh, so far this spring he's 10 for 25 six walks three strikeouts and now yesterday a home run he was in or today a home run he was just incredible mm-hmm. today so just give us the rundown on Yandy watch and free yondi and make it happen Matt. get him here
2: this young man has been destroying baseballs in the minor leagues the entire time that he's been there. And we'll give you a, just a quick recap if this is your first time hearing the gospel of Yandi Diaz.
0: <laughs> Come up with he a nice was, blanket, everybody.
2: He was signed out of Puerto Rico, not Puerto Rico, Cuba, <clears throat> after defecting by the Indians for a mere $300,000, which for an international prospect is not much at all. And since... Joining the system, all he's done is pretty consistently hit 300, get on base more than 40% of the time, and in 2014, he was voted the best defensive third baseman in the Carolina League. In 2015, going into the year, baseball Prospectus sung praises about his plate control, and pretty much the only thing they said he needed to work on was power, which I don't know if anybody's seen him lately, but the man is huge. (laughs) So today, we finally saw some of that. He hit a three-run home run, which basically blew the game open for the Indians today. Went two for three, four RBIs. It's getting exciting. It's getting very exciting. And I don't know if he continues to play at this level. I don't know what the Indians could possibly do to justify not breaking camp with him.
0: Yeah, it'd be especially. I mean, with Kipnis injured, what are you gonna do? The, Giovanni or Shella? Is that what you're gonna do? Is Which that is where not, we're at right now? <laughs> it's not terrible. It's I just don't bad. think that Gio
2: or Shella is capable mm-hmm. of having a WRC plus of like 130.
0: <laughs> I mean, everybody always says it's you're either picking the offense with Yandi or the defense with Giovanni, but he's good on defense. He's not a bad defender. Yes, I don't know where I, that came from. I guess because Terry Francona isn't like praising him constantly in spring training. Everybody's drawing a bunch from it. But all his scouting reports said he was great at third base. It's in the outfield where he's new that he has some troubles.
2: I think, yeah. I, I think that the Francona quote was talking about his work in the outfield where he's new playing out there. It wasn't until last season, I don't think, that he started playing there consistently. So, I mean, going from third to the outfield, you're still playing baseball, but the angles are different. You're obviously throwing it much farther. I know this is some hard-hitting analysis of defensive <laughs> baseball right now. Ball throw fast, outfield.
0: It,
2: <laughs> even for a professional player, it's going to take some adjusting.
0: Right. I mean, at this point, it's looking like he might not have to adjust to the outfield because there's a perfectly good open spot at third base now. Yes. The free Yandi movement, it's its working in ways I don't necessarily like. <laughs> if, if there's a yeah. ghost of free Yandi, it just like chopped at Kipness's shoulder just to get him in there, but maybe it'll work. I mean... I can't imagine. Eric Gonzalez at third base, maybe? I'm not going to say the other one, Matt. You can't make me do it. I'm not going to say it either. (laughs) It's got to be. If fans don't know who we aren't
2: talking about or refuse to talk about,
0: you can go back. I'm not going to say it. Okay.
2: (laughs) You can go back to when they... There was a certain man that the Indians claimed off of waivers uh, and then added to the playoff roster who may or may not have had the last at-bat in the World Series.
0: You know that sad image of him walking away with the Cubs cheering in the background, that's yes. going to be everywhere forever. But I mean, I do feel yes. bad for him in that respect because all of this, I'm not going to say hate, but dislike for Michael Martinez, I'll say it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not because he's a bad person. He's just a great person. It's just I don't think he's a great baseball player, and he keeps sticking around for some reason, and I want it to not happen anymore.
2: Especially <laughs> because we've thrown out three or four other options of guys that are young, have better tools than right. Martinez, and deserve a shot.
0: I think people think that he's still like a 25 year old prospect who he can play a bunch of positions, but he's like 35 and he can sort mm-hmm. of play what, like the infield a little bit and not very well either. If the balls hit right at him, he'll usually <laughs> make the play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Anything else for Yandi watch that we got going on here? I'm sure the post coming up later this week is going to be great, right? Do we have a sneak uh, peek of where he's going to be on the matrix?
2: I mean, if I was posting it tomorrow, <laughs> he'd, he'd be sneaking up there to Brooks Robinson.
0: Um,
2: for now, we'll see how he plays the next couple of days. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday's action will definitely be telling. If he keeps his hit streak going and shows us some more power, then things are only going to get more exciting. Then I will start... <laughs> I will be very happy.
0: Is every Andy Watch post going to be created with tears of joy?
2: I'm worried that I'll <laughs> go like too excited if he keeps mashing this time and then he'll get even better and I'll just have nowhere to go. <laughs> Eventually he just hit a ceiling of
0: excitement. Ceiling. Yeah. I kind of did that last year with Mike Clevenger, but at least mine, my excitement came out at the right time when he was promoted. Mm-hmm. So I think we had like six posts about Mike Clevenger the day he was promoted. So <laughs> I would like to do something with that with Yandi too, because at this point, hashtag free Yandi. I'm pretty sure we didn't start it, but we're, we're pushing the hell out of it at this point. I think. <laughs>
2: do we know for sure where it started?
0: I don't know. I, I think f- hashtag free any player is just a thing. Yeah, it's it's a bad example here, but I remember free Dom Brown for the Phillies. Remember Dominic Brown, an outfielder. I
2: remember that name, but
0: it's he it was kind of the same situation as Yanni, Although I think he was a highly touted prospect, but he was just always at the the cusp was coming out, but he never panned into anything. But I remember free Dom Brown was a thing for a long time. I don't mm-hmm. want to draw that parallel because I think Johnny's going to be a lot better. But I mean, yes, it's also he worth. Noting that uh, the Indians optioned a bunch of players today. One of them not optioned. Of course, Yandi, But the other was Bradley Zimmer. I don't remember last year at what point he was optioned to A, but he's still around at of camp. And he's been hitting really well. He looks good. I still think he's going to go to A, but the fact that he's still hanging around is pretty interesting, I think. Yes.
2: And, and he's if, he hit a home run today
0: as well, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they both did. Oh. This is a great day for the future. And I can't remember who wrote it. But somebody wrote about um, Bradley and his, his brother Kyle, who's on the Royals, that they're going to be the first, they could be like the first brother combination to face off against each other as Pitcher and Banner for a long time. The last one. Really? Yeah, there was one in like the mid 2000s. And before that, there's barely any that have ever happened. So that'll be really cool to see, I think.
2: I would guess the Negroes probably did it at some point, right? Although a pitcher facing another pitcher is really not. Yeah, that exciting. probably didn't happen. <laughs> well, that'd be
0: really <laughs> rare, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was, was... I don't remember, but it might happen because he's a, his Kyle Zimmer is a pitcher in the Royals organization and I hope he just isn't that good. I haven't read a whole lot about him, but hopefully Bradley Zimmer is the more talented brother. I hope he takes him deep. <laughs> yeah, every time. It'll make Thanksgiving more interesting, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, that's the Andy Watch. We got injuries. So next we're going to take your questions. Um, every Monday... I always want to say Thursday because we used to do it on Thursday. But every Monday... We'll ask on Twitter and Facebook. Anything you guys want to know, you can ask us. It can be weird, it can be normal. Just please don't ask us any more roster questions. We don't know, really. <laughs> if there is a big roster issue, we'll usually talk about it. But any kind of weird question you want to know, any thought piece you want us to work through live and try to figure it out as we're going, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, but Facebook, Twitter, at let's let's go tribe, and then also SBN Let's Go Tribe at gmail.com. We got a couple of good ones today surprisingly few about the roster it was mostly all about injuries but i assured everyone we're going to talk about that we'll have brandon on me and you we are not injury experts as much as we're in comments and probably we should pretend to be experts if we're going to be in comments online but we don't so we had brandon on i think most everything that people wanted to know about any injury i can't imagine listening to that interview and having more questions so so we're gonna move on yeah yeah (laughs) you did a baseball thing there matt (laughs) Yay. Well the first one, first question is from Matt McPhee on Facebook. He wants to know if Brantley doesn't make it back this season or his struggles or he struggles. Does the tribe pass on his 2018 option and move on? I'll let you take it first.
2: I think this is one of those weird scenarios where there's a middle where the Indians pass on the option, but if he either does exceptionally well or exceptionally bad and doesn't come back. That they pick it up because if he does very badly or struggles to come back from the injury, I don't think it's going to be that expensive for the Indians to pick him up. Yeah, it's twelve
0: million. It's not nothing, but but it's still not that expensive. <laughs> but if there's like just, any hope he could be at a four win player again, then yeah, it's not that expensive yeah. at all. But yeah, that's basically my thought too. Because
2: I just don't think they would.
0: I don't know. Just dump him that easily? Yeah, because I mean, if I'm you're thinking. To- like two years ago it was fangraphs did a thing like you want to have like six million dollars for war or something like that brantley would be 8.5 next season because he's projected only be like a two-win player by fangraphs i think steamer has him as like 1.4 wins above replacement which is not good but most of that is dragged down by his defense so if they get a decent bat 12 million dollars i don't know especially if bradley zimmer isn't ready or if whatever other outfield they don't have because like they have a huge hole in left field without him so if he can be anything next year it's almost worse just to keep him because they already have him. I don't
2: know why I thought the option was less than that. No, silly. it's the
0: most I'll be paid the whole contract. It's like all backloaded into that. Because I think he's making like seven and a half this season. Okay. And then it's a lot next year with a million dollar buyout. So it's, it's something people I don't think are talking about enough. The fact that the Indians could potentially just cut ties with him after this year. This could be his last year and Carlos Santana's last year. So, I mean, there's it could happen. I don't think it's completely impossible to think.
2: Man, here's a crazy scenario. And I don't want this to. Happen, but Uh-oh. let's say the Indians close to the trade deadline are sitting at you know ten games below five hundred or something, and here's two guys who could benefit a playoff team before the playoffs. I'll do, it. do you see a situation where Michael Brantley and Carlos Santana and I apologize to Jason <laughs> Lucard if he's listening get traded?
0: Ugh, and like the same package deal?
2: I it, I doubt that they would move to at once unless we got an entire oh, farm okay. system.
0: Um. Wow. I don't know. I guess. But I, think we I mean, if be. you're not in it, there's no point in keeping it. I think you have to be more than 10 games out, right? You have to it be absolutely yeah. no chance. 10 games, something crazy could happen, but the Indians are yes. right in their window to win, so I don't think do that unless you are so far out of it, you're like almost eliminated at the All-Star break, which if it happens now, it is 100% your fault.
2: I will accept the blame. <laughs> I attempted I the wrath of whatever for my toughest thing.
0: <laughs> but I also don't think the Indians would be damaged by keeping them either way. Unlike, say, the Royals or the Tigers. Well, I guess the Tigers aren't at the end of contracts yet. But the Royals, who have a bunch of expiring contracts coming up, if they don't trade those guys, they are screwed for a long time. Yes. But the Indians are good no matter what. <laughs> I mean, they don't – they, of course, could like an influx of more prospects. You can always have more. But they're not exactly hurting for either a farm or current roster talent. So I don't think there's anything wrong with writing out what they have for – the remainder of contracts. For Who sure. knows? Maybe even re-signing Carlos. Santana.
2: Which, I just—if he hits thirty-plus home runs again, that's going to be a pretty expensive contract.
0: <laughs> it is. I mean, it's hard to justify keeping, mm-hmm. it, but it sucks. This is the last year of Carlos Santana. Probably one way or another. So we better win the whole damn thing, <laughs> or else I don't know what Jason's going to do if he—if the Indians win with, or if the Indians don't win with Santana. I hope he doesn't jump ship to another team to follow him. I'm not completely ruling that out. I mean, it's almost, it's nearly zero, but it's higher than one that Jason would. There is a chance. <laughs> so our next question, uh, Frank C. Swanson, he wants to know, who is the tribe going to get to replace Anderson? No, when you say going to get, I hope that doesn't mean going on in a trade because they're not going to trade to replace sixth or seventh starter. <laughs> I think they already have that in Mike Clevenger. Mm-hmm. That's basically my answer. That was my answer, too. Take that. He's already
2: seen time at the major league level. The Indians announced, I think last month, that they're not going to use him in relief time at all. They want to develop him as a starting pitcher. So, if they need a spot start or if there's an injury to the starting rotation, I think he's next guy up.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I still like him a lot, obviously. <laughs> all those mm-hmm. posts and his stuff is there. The, the velocity is there. It's just to control. But that's just the normal thing in progressing, I think. There's nothing in his first year that was so bad. This is cleavage. I mean, that was so bad that seems unfixable. It's just that he was a rookie and he was getting used up. So. And look at his hair. I know. You cannot. It's glorious. What we're talking about hair, we talked about Clint Fraser last week. Yeah. Just never trade Mike Clevenger to the keys. That cannot happen no matter what. Let the glorious locks hang low. <laughs> Although I do love his hair, but every time there's always Facebook commenters who are like, well, I wish he'd cut his hair. No, stop. If you're one of those listening right now, stop. His hair is glorious leave. and you are wrong. <laughs> Don't leave. Well, I mean, sort of leave. Keep the window open. Just walk away. <laughs> But no, his hair is amazing, and I don't want him to cut it. And I think he's, I'm still super excited. Uh, they did confirm he's not going to be, he is the number six. I guess Ryan Merritt's another one. There's a whole bunch of PD Cody in. He's not exactly your.
2: Oh, and here's a fun
0: scenario. Uh-oh.
2: I th- it was Jordan Bastian, I think, t- uh, retweeted something he, he posted in 2000, or tweeted in 2013. That was like, uh, Indians contest for fifth starting spot heating up. It's between Scott Kazmir, Carlos Carrasco, Corey Kluber, and Trevor Bauer.
0: <laughs> and Kazmir won it, I think, right? Yes.
2: <laughs> so you never know if yeah. one or all of these guys who are right there could end up being a big part of the team someday.
0: Although I don't I don't think any of well except for Clevenger. <laughs> I think he's gonna be, but I don't know about the rest. I think do we think maybe one of those could turn into another amazing pitcher like Ryan Merritt, even Adam Plutko, maybe?
2: Nobody thought much of Kluber
0: when he was coming up. But he did develop something. Like, it wasn't just out of nowhere he got good. Although maybe we won't even see if, like, Adam Plutko suddenly has a secondary pitch or something that just pops up. I just feel like with pitching, it, it's a lot more
2: blind luck. common that one weird trick can suddenly make you just having that extra deception on a pitch or being able to hide it. Or if you get your pitch tunnels
0: all sort of coming from the same arm slot. Corey Kluber became an ace with this one weird trick. You'll never believe it. Two-seam fastball. <laughs> Bullpen hates him. Or what? Lineups hate him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Lineups hate this
0: guy. <laughs> there you go. Even the fake clickbait didn't work. Our next question from on Twitter. At Shrock the World. they want to know, is Edwin Encarnacion ever going to hit a home run? No. No. He's done. It's over. If you have a
2: contract that big, you, you can't swing that.
0: <laughs> it's just the law. If you're on the Indians and you have a big contract, you can't hit home runs. It's not going to happen. So when I we think get he's actually designated oh, bunter that's he he brought him out he's got those wheels you know mm-hmm. he's got those like wheels of a really slow semi with a flat tire <laughs> <laughs> but they're wheels regardless so whenever we get questions like this i like to run it out as if it was going to happen so let's say edwin Conarcio never hits a home run with the indians how long until we panic like this year well does he hit 70 doubles well yeah, that's the point no even <laughs> then i mean if he hits a ton of yeah. doubles and no home runs that's still panicking right
2: a little bit, yeah.
0: <laughs> so let's say we're two months in. Edwin Encarnacion. I mean, he has a fine slash line, but no homers. Any panic yet? What's the record? <laughs> yeah, it team? depends on what the Indians are doing, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't
2: exactly be what we had wanted, but if right. we're 10 games above 500, then okay.
0: Yeah. I I'd prefer it... him to have 20 home runs by that point. <laughs> Compared but... to zero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so our last question here is from at pt. They want to know, Jan Gomes seems to be on fire in spring training. Any concerns moving forward this season? I think, first of all, it doesn't matter that he's on fire in spring. He's been good in spring trainings before and then tanked in the regular season. And I haven't looked at it, but I'm sure he's been bad in the regular season and hit good in the regular – bad in spring training and hit well on the regular. Don't try to get caught up in how well he's hitting in spring, but he is hitting really well in spring. That is a thing that's happening. Um, I'm still concerned when the regular season rolls around until I see him hit well consistently again. I don't know if we're going to get the 2014 one or – The 2014 Jan Gomes, that is, or get the the injury one or the one that trips or the one that can't hit. I don't know what we're going to get. So I'm still concerned until we see him do it against pitchers that are actually trying.
2: One interesting thing, and I don't
0: know if they have this
2: information in spring, but if it, it would be more telling to see what percentage of pitches he has that are hard hit. So Fangraphs has... I think it's pitch effects or park effects or yeah, pitch does that. One of the laser-based systems that <laughs> track how hard a ball comes off. It's pitch track, isn't it? Is I thought it was pitch. That <laughs> cast. There you go. No, as, it's as awesome. a
0: side note, we should call all this stuff laser-based systems. That makes it sound so much cooler. Laser-based. <laughs> anyway, systems. Sorry, I just wanted to point that out. They
2: can track how hard a ball is hit, and that gets broken into soft, medium, and hard hit ball. And one of the things, and it's one of the reasons that his batting average on balls in play was very low last year, was he wasn't making hard contact on a lot of pitches. So it would be interesting to go back and see, is he stroking it this spring? Because that, I think, would be a good sign if that percentage is higher than it was last year. I don't have the answer, though, because I don't think they track any.
0: Oh, yeah. If they do, maybe. They are doing, um, I think StatCast is doing some stuff in the WBC, Because they're developing, you know, they have, like, hit hit probability, like, the angle you hit and the exit velocity that determines how much of it is a hit. They're also doing that with fielding. So, they have, like, catch probability where they determine. They actually start the timer, like, right as the pitcher pitches from there to when the ball lands, like, how far away the runner, the fielder was to the ball like if he should have got it if not um, it's really cool stuff that's, there was a whole stat cast podcast on it which is really interesting awesome. but they are doing that but i don't think they do it in spring games i think they only save it for like the wbc games because they don't have the laser-based systems installed in goodyear arizona <laughs> lasers are expensive i know they're expensive to move and everything
2: uh, we do have one question from facebook here that i think is interesting from oh, we? colin byler why did they put ryan Merritt down and you know it's when you have a uh, uh, a family dog or a team dog like this, and he gets really sick. Sometimes it's just
0: better. He was to so... bet, hold his paw and, and just be there for him in his last moments. I mean, he just got married. It was it was obviously over. There was no reason. <laughs> <laughs> <He> just...
2: <laughs> I'm assuming, though, it's the question about why they sent Merritt down. Oh. And I think. I guess that's how it's it's supposed to be praised. Although oh, I do yeah. like the idea of Ryan
0: Merritt as a resaddled dog. I, I'm glad goodbye. you went with that kind of. I was just thinking, like old Yeller, let's take him out back. But you went with the oh, whole. No. <laughs> we took him to a vet. We gave him some cake beforehand. We made him happy. He went out pizza. But yes, Matt, why did they send Ryan Merritt down? Why did they option him to AAA instead of leaving him in the minors or in the majors? Well, he's still exceptionally young,
2: isn't mm. he? Especially compared to the rest of the guys who um, are sort of the triple-A
0: range starters. I don't know about a still, as I try to kill time to look him High up. Voice? He's 25, so he's not exceptionally young. Oh. He's about the age he should be coming up. Yeah, uh,
2: That's an interesting thing to run
0: down, then. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, if, if Merritt was here, he would say it's because he's a little guy who doesn't throw hard. <laughs> he's not a big Merritt fan, or Ryan Merritt fan, just because yeah. there's nothing, like, there's no velocity. He's basically another Josh Tomlin. I don't know. Maybe it's because oh, they I, want him to be a starter. They don't want to keep him as a reliever.
2: I would guess that's the thing, but I uh, I think he's definitely earned a, a long look with his performance in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Uh, and I always kind of root for a guy who doesn't throw hard to still make it and find a way to get guys out.
0: Yeah, and I remember how long he was up last season and how long he was in the bullpen and talking about Ryan Merritt's up and guess how many innings he pitched last season in the majors?
2: Eight
0: Eleven something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. He's so maybe they just don't want him sitting on the bench for so long, even yeah, if he would be, would be a better bullpen him on than somebody else. He's still a prospect like somebody else. Be It's just because he's young. I guess and they want to stretch him out a little restrictive. They're 90%. And now that I look, there's another question from David B. Wilkerson. He wants to know how much confidence do we have in Bauer? How much confidence do you have in one Mr. Trevor Bauer?
2: At this point, I I have all the confidence in the world that he's going to be able to produce about what you would expect for a number two or number three starter. It's Mm -hmm. just he's going to do it in a special Trevor Bauer way of throwing eight (laughs) shutout innings and, and then possibly giving up three runs in the first the next time he goes out. I think that that erraticness isn't anywhere near where it was two years ago yeah so he's starting to find consistency but i think every time bauer comes up we mentioned like he's 25 and he's been in the majors for four years now three years yeah. now
0: right oh yeah he's been i think it's even more than that it might be like five or six it's been a while but yeah, every yeah, time so, the people ask us a lot, and every time they do, I think back to that streak of games last season where he was just incredible. Oh, if
2: we could just lock that Bauer
0: in and keep him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. And then there's also the Bauer that is like gone in half an inning. But yeah, so
2: I'm. And then there's the Bauer that bleeds on everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm extremely confident in Bauer as a fourth or fifth starter. At this point, I don't know if he'll ever be more than that. But if he can be a fourth or fifth starter, fine. That, he, that pitches a bunch of innings. So I don't think he's had any injury concerns besides being bit by a drone, has he? no <laughs> he's been a pretty consistent pitcher just <laughs> i'm not gonna tell him stay away from jones you do whatever you want trevor but please please don't let him bite you again that's bad <laughs> so i think that's all our question really I don't sure. think it is. so it'll be me and you maybe Merritt, maybe somebody else for a little while here before jason gets back but every week you're on i'm i'm gonna task you with a new Yandi diaz fun fact that nobody else knows i'm on it <laughs> this is gonna happen i want you to line these up for every week on the podcast and if we will have the Yandi diaz fact of the week next <laughs> there we week go. We're um, going to add that to Yandi Watch. It's the fact of the week. So
2: be prepared. If you'd like <laughs> to submit your guesses, uh, you can certainly do that. I think I'm going to have some tricks up my sleeve, though, and I'll see you all.
0: So I remember one of the first things you did that was really cool was, um, I think it was, it was one of your first long articles on Let's Go Try. It was about SickNarf Luke's, Loopstock. Yes. I learned so much about him from that post. I should Because that's hashtag evergreen content there. he's That's just a guy with an awesome name and a really cool backstory.
2: Speaking of our good friend SickNarf. What a what's I'm he up to. to he finished with the lynchburg hillcats mm-hmm. last season and it looks like he was actually he hit 281 363 410 when he was up there so showing some signs life. not that he was dead but uh he's <laughs> he always wasn't been put down good. yet <laughs> not yet he's always been a uh, definitely a good defensive catcher has a good arm mm-hmm. but as with a lot of catchers there's the question about whether or not his back can play uh, but that was definitely a, a good sign of progress
0: for him. Yeah. So, so the rise he's of only 23. Narf. Yeah, there's not going to be a sick narf watch. I don't think is there as cool as his name is. I mean, he's not one of the top catchers in a, in a system that doesn't have a whole lot of catchers anyway. He's not exactly rising quickly.
2: If he pulls a Mahia
0: and hits in 50 straight games, though, who knows? If anybody hits in 50 straight games. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I walk on a field and hit 50 straight games, and those are my own, nobody cares about them. But there's True. a chance that probably... So anything else interesting for you happening between now and this week? And when was looking at the calendar, we are like... That is oh, amazing. This it's month just, has just been so long, though. So slow. It has.
2: Last year, the day after the season ended, I got rear-ended. Oh, and it was just a terrible sign for the off-season. <laughs> this year, I think it was just the fact that it was game seven, and I had to sit there in an apartment in Chicago and listen to my neighbor across the hall who suddenly her and her sorority sisters had all become Cubs fans.
0: Oh, suddenly how that and happened. That That's weird.
2: All like 45 million people <laughs> in downtown Chicago that following week.
0: It was great. That sounds awful. Yeah, Jason was in the same situation that you guys were both. I think Merritt might be in Chicago too. So everybody is just you were all in the worst possible spot. Yes. For that to happen. Was it? Yes, we were. How much? Let, let's talk about that for a little bit. I mean, it sucked for me and I'm over here just around Yankees fans <laughs> who were also sad. <laughs> So what was it like watching your team lose to a team and then being in that city for the next, like, month when you didn't want to think about it?
2: I'd say, like, the the average person, any real
0: Cubs fans,
2: it was that mutual level of respect where yeah. it kind of always used to be, oh, he's a Cubs fan. He's a diehard. Or, oh, he's an Indians fan. I know all about Cleveland sports. <laughs> So with them, it was sort of a fun conversation. Like, hey, this is the dream matchup. You know, these are the two teams that kind of either way, we can't be that mad if the other team wins. But then there were a lot of uh, the sorts of folks in tight shirts wandering around Wrigleyville at 1 a.m. <laughs> that you wear an Indian's hat. It's like, bro, really? You know where you are, right? Turn around and look <laughs> at Wrigley Field and be like, I believe this is a cricket pitch, sir.
0: Yeah, that, that couldn't have been fun. I feel for it.
2: It, it was okay. <laughs> it was just frustrating because in my <clears throat> circle of friends and people at work, I was like the only Indian spam. So after every game, I, I obviously enjoy talking about baseball. But by like game five or six at work, I just wanted to be like, I actually have to do things. <laughs> you were the <laughs> eighth person to come over and talk to me about power bleeding. <laughs> I saw it.
0: Trust me. Did you see it? Did you see it? There was blood everywhere. Did you see it? <laughs> <sighs> So anyway, Matt, where can we, where can everybody find you, other than Let's Go Tribe, of course? It's kind
2: of it, for now. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have live shows on Sunday for Facebook, so I'll do an off-season Q&A for the rest of the off-season, and then I think once the season starts again, Tyler is going to pick up some day during the week, and then we'll have the occasional post-game show on Facebook Live as well, which is here, where you're watching now, if you're on the live show. If you're listening to the podcast, it's on the Let's Go Tribe Facebook page.
1: And then...
2: If you're in Columbus, uh, I'm in an improv show tomorrow called Tuesday Night Improv at Mad Lab. And then Thursday night this week is Improv Wars at Shadowbox. So if you want to see me pretend to be a bicycle that has been ridden by a village, <laughs> you should stop by.
0: This I, this should be streamed on Facebook. You should get on this and have them do that. Or is this like one of those things where if it's a performance and you're all just kind of sing that it shouldn't be out? if that makes sense. It's meant to be contained in this one place.
2: Oh, not at all. And we're talking about people who perform in their free time. I
0: think the more more people see it, the better. But I don't know if anyone's
2: ever tried specifically like
0: the... Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, Thank you again for Brandon Bauer for joining us. Uh, If you're listening live, this podcast will be up tomorrow if you want to download it. If you do, uh, feel free to leave us a, a review on iTunes, comment on YouTube, anything like that. It all helps. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week.
2: Bye.